0: time to time we go to the cemetery and we'll put flowers on a grave or we'll put some type of a wreath or some type of an expression of our of our longing and our missing for that person. Uh, we'll put the flowers or the grave saddle on the headstone and things like that. There's a very interesting history with headstones. Uh, there was a time where headstones weren't, weren't the deal, but uh, in order for... Uh, the grave to be done completed uh, people would come to your your service back in the day and they would bring a rock and after the service was over everybody just kind of come up and put a rock over the the grave and the more popular the more influential or the, the more honorable that you are uh, the more rocks that would be on your grave because people came to to give their respects to give their final ado uh that began to change um but what what was really amazing is that this whole this, this whole idea of rocks on on graves uh, was a Jewish idea, It's an ancient Jewish idea. And what the Jews do is when they come to a grave, uh, let's show show that Oscar Schindler uh, grave, Jane. There's Oscar Schindler's uh, from Schindler's List. His grave is is in Jerusalem and his, his grave is covered with rocks because it, it was, not every grave in, in Israel is that way but, but Schindler's is because of what he did so there's rocks all over it and that's the way they pay tribute they, it's the way they uh, remember somebody that's the way they say oh man what you did is going to last a long time what you did is significant what you did matters and so they'll put a rock there and the more rocks that are there of course the, the more significant of, of what this person did or who this person was and uh, even after headstones were involved when when people would go when people go to a cemetery, especially in the Jewish tradition, they will take a stone and they'll put it on the they'll put it on the grave. And that is a way of, of simply saying that I remember. I honor you. And if I bring flowers, they're gonna die. If I bring flowers, they're gonna blow away. But this rock will be here for a very long time. It will. It will be a, a constant memorial, a constant remembrance. So I bring this rock because I will never change my feelings towards you. And as they, as you put that rock on the on the grave, you're you're paying that person's on, that You're paying person. You're paying that person honor. You're paying them respect. Um, anytime you would do that, there is a a meal that God gave the the Jews back in the book of Exodus. It was a it's a commemorative meal that remembers. The greatest ancient act of redemption uh, in, in scripture, it's in the book of Exodus, the people of Israel were were in bondage and they were enslaved by Pharaoh and they had been there for a very long time and they had kind of merged into the culture, but they were still gods. They still belonged to God. And they still had a land that God was going to release them into. And on the night that God took them out of bondage, something really cool happened um, he gave them a meal. He said, I want you guys to go out, kill, kill a, a, a lamb, get the blood, put it over your door facing, and I'll send a death angel. And whenever the death angel sees the blood on your door facing, they won't touch you. If the blood's not there, you're in for a bad night. So the blood saved them. And after this happened, they were released and go to the Red Sea, and the Pharaoh's army follows them, and the water comes in on them. And God said, I want you to remember what I did for you. I want you to remember the freedom I gave you. I want you to remember the slavery I brought you out of. I want you to remember the liberation I gave you. I want you to remember the the freedom." This is what Jesus says. uh, This is what the word of God says in Exodus chapter 12. This day is to be a memorial for you. And you got to celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. You are to celebrate it throughout your generations as a permanent statute. Something you keep bringing stones to. Something you remember. Something that you honor. Something that is significant. You are to observe the festival of unleavened bread. We call it Passover. Because on this very day, I brought your divisions out of the land of Egypt. You must observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent statue. What God was telling the Jewish people is, I don't want you to forget what happened there. I don't want you to forget the liberty I gave you. I don't want you to forget what I brought you out of. I don't want you to forget what, what kind of God you serve. I don't want you to forget. And it's this Passover meal that Jesus and his disciples were observing. Now, the reason they were doing that is because, man, Jesus and the disciples were Jewish. They called Jesus rabbi. His Jewishness is not up for debate. They're celebrating the Passover meal together, and Jesus, this is the last Passover meal he's going to have on earth, and this is what the Bible says. And Jesus said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this particular Passover meal with you before I suffer, before I go to the cross, before I redeem mankind, before I'm nailed to a wooden beam, before the thorns are in my head, before the spear goes into my side, before there is a whip that is laid to my back, before there is punching that is done to my face, before the beard is plucked from my face, before the blood drops of tears happen in the Garden of Gethsemane. I wanted to share this meal with you because I want you to remember God is a redeeming God. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, there were four cups involved with the Passover. All of them were wine. He had taken a cup and given thanks. And he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I won't drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is for you. Do this. Do this as often as... uh, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way he took the cup after and he had eaten saying this cup is poured out for you. It is the wad of my blood. If there's a new covenant, that means there has to be an old covenant. What Jesus was saying is you are seeing the exact moment in between the old covenant and where the new covenant takes over. This is the moment. This is the this is the the flash that it happens. And y'all, not everything that's new is better than the old. Anybody old enough to remember New Coke? What near as good as classic Coke? Just because it's new doesn't mean it's better. But in this particular case, the new is better. In this case, the 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 covenant is is more significant. Uh. Um, I don't know why I'm using, yeah, I do know why I'm using food illustrations, because I'm fat. Uh, Papa John's, their slogan was, better ingredients, better pizza. Y'all ever seen that? Better ingredients, better pizza. The New Covenant's better because it's a better sacrifice. Better sacrifice, better promise. Because you see, for years, the Jewish people would once a year go into the temple and they would bring this lamb, because that's what the Passover meal was. They'd have to drag this lamb to the temple, they would sacrifice it on a stone floor. The blood would be applied for that family sin for one year. It was kind of the equivalent of uh, I don't know if y'all had this trouble with the house, but nobody will take out the trash until it's like three foot above the top of the trash can, and then you got it. Put the trash compactor down on it. Well, once a year, the people would come and put their sins in the trash can. And the priest would put the blood on it, and he would stomp it down. But it was still in the can. It was atoned for. Every year, that cycle would take place, but the trash is never taken out. The sin is never removed. It's covered over. It's pushed down for another year. Well, that don't do no good. You know, my trash, if I keep putting trash in the trash can at the house, but the trash man doesn't eventually come to pick it up, it ain't no good. So when Jesus came, He took all the sin of the world, put it in the trash can on the cross, and here's the beautiful thing. He didn't just leave it in the can. He took it to the fill. It's gone. It's removed. You see, I didn't need my sin covered for a year. I needed it covered for eternity. And when I come to the table, I remember the greatest act of redemption that God has ever shown. And praise God, I'm a recipient of that. And if you're a born-again believer, you're a recipient of that as well. We come to the table redeemed. (laughs) Uh, Ministry for a long time. Uh, 2027 will mark our 40th year in ministry. year of Jubilee. Jubilee year. Uh, through 40 years of ministry I've ministered to Lutherans and Catholics and Christian folks, folks came out of Mormonism JWs, it doesn't matter, I've, I've seen them all and it's always amazing to me that when uh, somebody who comes out of a liturgical background, they approach the table in a very unique way, some of them do uh, some of them will, even in our church, are some people who come up who grew up Catholic James and they'll still do the, still do the sign of the cross, I could care less that's for them. This is between them and that person. I don't care. When somebody comes to the table, I got a feeling that sometimes people come up and they say, oh, I have to do this. I'm obligated to do this. Because, you know, it's it's a religious thing. So they check a box. It's a religious thing. I have to do this. It's a you know, sacrament or whatever. And so it becomes a cold thing. It becomes a clinical thing. It becomes almost... Uh, A ritual. And as a Baptist, I grew up in a church that we observed the communion only four times a year because we didn't want it to get old or stale. That's just because we didn't like the Catholics that much. We didn't want to be identified with them. And by the way, church, that's that's the way a lot of churches are. I'm just being honest with you. You know, the Bible doesn't say how often we are to do it. It says as often as you do it. So when they come to the table, it's almost like, okay, i got to do all this, i got to get it all right. And if you're doing that with a pure heart or with a, with, 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 a, with a sense of worship, that's okay. But here's the difference. If you come to the table because, oh, this is what we do once a year or once every two years or once every four months or whatever, that's the spirit of religion. You're obligated. You have to do it. But church, when we come to the table as born-again Christians, you don't have to bring guilt and obligation and condemnation and all that. This is now... This is a symbol of God's redemption for you. You don't have to bring your guilt. You don't have to bring your shame and your embarrassment and your sin. Because thank God Jesus has already taken that mess to the fill. You don't come up here with guilt and shame. You come up here with love and liberty. Not out of religion, but because of a relationship. You know, when they put Jesus' body in that tomb. The cold beaten body of our savior jesus let me mention this to you as they place the body of jesus in the tomb if you notice this it's got the stripes and it has the holes and it has the bruising on it's just a big cracker the stripes on the matzo bread remember uh the stripes of jesus on his back and the bible says by his stripes you're healed The, the the holes in this represents the piercing of the The body of our Savior Jesus and the bruising, the burnt spot on the cracker reminds us of the bruising that Jesus' body took for us. So church, when we come to the table this morning, we remember that the body of Jesus was placed in the tomb. How are you going to come to his tomb? Let me show you one more picture of a grave, an ancient Jewish grave. That's the stone I want to look at. Because as they placed the the broken and striped body of our Savior on that stone, in a very real way, it was sort of symbolic of how they used to butcher the lambs on the stone at the temple. They placed our sacrifice on the stone as well. When you and I come to the table, it's not out of obligation. It's not because we have to, y'all. We've been invited. We get to. Don't you love it when somebody buys your meal? Don't you love it when somebody buys your meal? If we fully understood what God paid to underwrite this meal, we would come to this table today with a sincere heart of joy and gratefulness and gratitude. Because if it wasn't for him, we're still going to hell. If we're if it weren't for him, we would we would still die in our sin. Y'all, when you come to the table today, I encourage you, don't come with guilt. Don't come with shame. Or your cell phone. <laughs> Come with gratefulness in your heart. Brother Don is going to help me out here in a second. This morning if if you don't know whether you should take communion or not, listen, we've it has nothing to do with you being a member of First Baptist Church. It has everything to do with you being a member of the family of God. I would rather I would rather serve one sinner communion. I'm sorry. I would rather serve one sinner communion than, than turn a hundred Christians away. It's not it's not my business where your heart is. This is between you and God. But this morning, if you would just want to make sure your heart's right before you come to the communion, uh, before you come to the table, I just want you to simply bow your head and close your eyes. I want to I want to get our hearts ready for God. This morning, maybe you're. Maybe you're thinking, man, that's the way I've always approached communion. I've always seen it as a ritual. It's just how I was brought up It's what we do. Maybe you need to repent of that. Maybe you're, you're carrying around your harboring guilt and shame from past sin, and Jesus wants you to know that that has been taken out and has been dealt with. It's in the landfill. It's removed. You need to come to the table today with joy. You need to come to the table today with freedom and liberty. So every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you and I were to come to the table today, and we will, what would be What would be your stone? What would your stone represent? Would it represent sin? Would it represent shame? Would it represent failure? Would it represent divorce? Would it represent addiction? Would it represent uh, a failure professionally? Would it represent lust or anger? You name it. What would your rock represent as you bring it to the tomb of Jesus and drop it? And simply say, Lord, it's yours. Take it from me. I want to live in freedom. I want to live in joy. Maybe some of your your stone is going to be this. Maybe your stone would be, Lord, I love you and I remember what you did for me on the cross and I remember what you did for me by saving me and dying in my place. And I just want to tell you, I remember that and I'll never forget it. I will celebrate you while eternity rolls because of what you did for me at Calvary. In a moment, Brother Don's going to ask you to come forward. He's going to let Rose out one at a time. And he's going to offer you a stone. Just like those Jews would take a stone and put it on a tomb for somebody they honor. And remember, would you do that this morning? I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. And as you place that stone up here, I want you to think about how you have come to the Lord's table today. Is it out of religion or is it out of relationship? Is it out of obligation or is it out of freedom? every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Today, if you'd like to give your heart to Jesus or maybe reaffirm your faith in Him, because without Him, you're going to bust hell wide open. Without Him, you're going to be lost. Without Him, you're going to go through this life aimlessly, and you're going to go to, into eternity lost. But you don't have to leave here today like that. Let me show you the cross. Jesus died for you in your place so you could be in a relationship with God. You don't have to do anything. He's done all the work. You receive it by faith. Would you like to receive that gift this morning? Or maybe reaffirm your faith in Him? Then I encourage you to just pray with me out loud. And I believe that if you, mean, if you mean this prayer in your heart, I believe that God hears it. Would you pray with me? Dear God, I am in need of a Savior because I am a sinner. I believe, Jesus, you're the Son of God. You lived a perfect life. You died a horrific death in my place and for me. Jesus, today by faith, I confess I am a sinner. I am guilty. I profess my faith in you as Lord Jesus. Forgive me of all my sin. Live in me. Fill me with your spirit. And I receive it by faith. Not because I'm good but because you're good. Thank you, Jesus. And amen. Brother Don is going to let, I think Brother, who's back here with you, Kenny? Kenny, Kenny's going to help us maybe. Uh, Y'all, we're going to do one row at a time. He's going to give you a rock and as you come up and you take your elements, you can take your elements back to your seat because I'll lead you through the communion as a body. Take your rock, place it up here by the bread. Think about what you're leaving. Think about how you're approaching the table this morning.